Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm really pleased that we're able to welcome Nadia Tornrus to Access Chat today. It's been a long time coming because I first met Nadia nearly a decade ago um, when she was finishing off uh, studies at Southampton University under Professor Mike Walt, who does amazing work on building accessibility into computer science courses and studies. So um, we had a conversation way back when to see the light in Nadia's eyes. She'd fallen for accessibility um, and we've stayed in touch ever since, but it's taken a long time to get you onto Access Jet. So Nadia, please tell us about your background and, and how you came to work in the field because um, I like to say you don't need to be a rocket scientist to do accessibility or rather accessibility isn't rocket science, but that's all background, right? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, thank you very much for having me here. And I'm very happy and honored to, to be on the same virtual stage with you. Uh, so my name is Nadia. Um, I um, work as accessibility specialist and software engineer at a big uh, Nordic uh, consultancy company. It's actually international, not only Nordic. Um, and my journey actually started uh, around uh, 10 years ago at, at the UK, at Southampton University, where we had an accessibility course. Uh, before this course, I had, I had no knowledge about accessibility, no awareness at all. So it was an eye-opener for one year, and all my thesis and coursework actually were related to accessibility since then. Uh, Actually, I must mention, like again, also uh, thanks to Mike Weil, because this was the lectures which were early in the morning, but every student, almost every student were coming there, even though the lectures were recorded with the, with the captions and so on. So you could have skipped it, but it was so interesting that, that we all attended that. Uh, then uh, after university, I moved to Finland. Uh, and then started started my job as a software developer. And then last couple of years, uh, I'm privileged to work as accessibility specialist at uh, Tieto Every. So doing everything uh, from uh, auditing to uh, advocating accessibility in, in the company and outside of that, where it's possible. Uh, and also uh, three years ago, I decided to do my certification but uh, uh, um, yeah, just like it wasn't the goal wasn't to get certificate, but uh, uh, just to um, restore and gather the knowledge because the uh, the knowledge was kind of rusty because the trip uh, the journey was quite bumpy for me as well. Like accessibility was on and off in my career path. Uh, but since then, since when I, I get my certifications and uh, I went through this process, I got very inspired, very empowered, I felt. So I started to find uh, like-minded people in the company because, you know, uh, our company is 24,000 people. So it's also very difficult to find the right assets, people who are like-minded, people who are passionate or have knowledge and so on uh that's why it's also like was i was struggling before like i couldn't find anyone uh in the company uh, and it was difficult for me to find someone actually like searching in this amount of people 
like uh but now i found them <laughs> so we actually formed the team we have accessibility team on board uh, uh we're meeting regularly we uh, belong to different locations different business units and so on so we discuss things uh we're thinking how pro how to promote accessibility how to raise awareness how to make it uh, more sustainable within the development design processes like uh, and so on on uh, yeah that's what that's what we're doing <laughs> nadia um First of all, welcome officially to Access Chat. I mean, we, um, as Neil said, long time coming. But before we got on air, you were talking a little bit more about the journey you took to even get into the accessibility field. And so I wanted to explore that a little bit. Um, but I also wanted to congratulate you on, first of all, caring about accessibility so passionately like the rest of us. And so, as um, Neil said, the minute he met you, he could see the fire in your eye to make a difference, your fire in the, your eyes to make a difference. And so I wanted to compliment that as well. But um, okay. And I really appreciate that you took the time once you got into an accessibility position to talk to other people in your organization to really figure out how y'all could get together, collaborate, and make it better for everyone, including that brand. I, I think um, we see that happening a lot of times with accessibility professionals, just really going over the top to make sure that, you know, their brand is doing the right thing by our community. And I'm grateful for that. But I was wondering, Nadia, if um, you could talk a little bit more about, you know, how difficult it was to connect with other like-minded people, even to move into the accessibility field, because we've talked about this on Access Chat before. I also will give ATOS a lot of credit for some of the things they've done, like their apprenticeship program that they created. Um, and we appreciate like work that IAAP is doing and stuff, but still, it's very difficult once you get a spark and you really want to make a difference in accessibility, it's actually difficult to enter the um, industry in a meaningful way. And so um, I love that you not, you did not let any of the obstacles stop you, but I was thinking that would be something interesting for the audience to hear that that's still happening, but luckily bright stars like Nadia are making it into the industry anyway. But do you mind just exploring? It, it seemed like it was difficult for you to really find your way to an accessibility position. Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, after university, I was in the UK, so I was uh, naturally trying to find a job there. So it wasn't easy. And thanks to uh, my professor, Mike, who I've already mentioned here, uh, he actually like tried to help me very greatly. So because he had the connections and I could have talked to people like uh, Neil or I had interview actually with the Google as well. Uh, but uh, well, probably I didn't have enough experience or something because they, they actually were looking for evangelists. And back in the days, I wasn't uh, in that uh, <laughs> in that position at all. So it was more or less like theoretical knowledge and I wasn't a spokeswoman at all. Uh, so it didn't go well. And then, uh, uh, of course, I was naturally trying to find also work in, in software development. But then opportunity comes that I could uh, I couldn't go to others, but unfortunately due to uh, some um, constraints of my me being in the UK, I had to leave the country. 
So I moved to Finland uh, to digital advertisement company. And uh, well, accessibility wasn't in the picture back then. So and like for me, it was like the rocks were actually there on my path. So because like when you don't find inspired people or someone who could help you, motivate you, maybe mentor you because you're a newbie, you know. So uh, it's kind of difficult to pick it up and start to advocate for accessibility. Right. So you try you try a couple of times when you don't get a good response, you just mm-hmm. give up, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... And then in 2017, we were trying... Uh, we were trying uh, to uh, run the accessibility uh, meetups. It's quite a common concept uh, in Finland. We have many meetups, like uh, software meetups, design meetups, and so on. So we were thinking with one of my colleagues, who actually was studying at Southampton University as well. <laughs> it happens that we met. So we tried to run the accessibility community here, but uh, back then it also didn't fly. So we tried to do a couple of sessions, but maybe due to our busy times, I don't know, maybe interest of people, uh, it didn't fly out. And then uh, in the company as well, it was challenging to uh, like in locally to find people who care about accessibility in general who would like to explore the topic and make changes and so on uh so i i give up again so it was like on and off all the time with accessibility uh and then uh after uh like during my maternity leave probably i don't know what happened i don't know i, I felt very empowered that i can do it now it's the time now i can do it and that's why I went for certification. I came back to the company and I have actually a little bit funny story because it was a Global Accessibility Awareness Day in 2022, I think. Uh, and locally, likely we start, the, the topic started to bubble and we, we started to have uh, people who are interested in accessibility. And we decided to do some talks internally, like dedicate those talks uh, to Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And I was in contact with DECU, uh, and DECU actually helped me to, uh, they broadcasted people who attend AXCON uh, previously in spring. Uh, they broadcasted those people to contact me. So that's how I found the community within our organization. I found like 10, 12 people who actually wrote to me and said, hey, we got this email from DECU, like you wanted to talk to us or it's a spam, what's going on? So that's how we started to build the team, actually, the accessibility team in our organization. And I'm I'm honestly, I must say, like, I'm very proud of that because, like, to find these people, these gems, this knowledge which we already had, but mm-hmm. nobody kind of be aware, were aware about that and trying and and starting to collaborate rather than doing things in parallel or repeating the same things it it makes so much difference so and now it's like you know for me personally like when i meet these people my colleagues every week uh i feel so empowered like even if you feel down something is not going on well and so on after one hour of conversation it's like okay i can continue I can continue advocate and knock to the doors or convince people or doing some uh, job. So, yeah, 
Well, that is powerful. It's very powerful and you should be proud. And, and, and you're a, you're a good case study for anybody else that's trying to get an accessibility and, it, it, yeah, so we really, really appreciate you. I know, Antonio, you had a question. Let me turn it over to you. So welcome, Nadia. Great to have you here. Okay. So, uh, so when you are you know, talking with your colleagues, trying to bring awareness of accessibility in, in your organization, what are the topics that you see that trigger more interest from others and somehow may, okay, no, I can win my colleagues if I go on this path, and what are sometimes uh, something that you tried that didn't work that you realize that you realize okay this was a good lesson um, and, and that could be important for others to learn from uh, what can you tell us about yes thank you for the question actually it's it, it's very interesting and relevant because uh, I'm uh, um, I'm kind of trying to tailor my speech and advocacy depends on the role because different people motivated by different reasons there is no one fit one fit all as well in the in this aspect uh so like some people are motivated by legislation it's only way to talk so when you start a conversation with like okay this is right thing to do we have this percentage of people who can be affected by inaccessible services and so on it might not work uh but uh, for some reason the for example legislation works through but for example if i would start to talk for example with a developer or designer about uh, legislation they totally don't care uh, they want to do actually usable, accessible services, you know. Uh, so the the speech for them would be tailored differently. And then actually, we have one developer. I always give him as example because I really love things what he said. Uh, he actually went through accessibility. He started to dig himself. So he didn't have any help or any guidelines or anything. So he was kind of exploring the field himself because of the project. And uh, when he was asked like, okay, how much time it takes for you to uh, to implement accessibility? He said, once I spend a lot of time for it, but now I can't do another way. So it's already like built in his DNA, like in, in things what he's doing. Uh, and uh, about the, um, again, about the topics, how to pursue people, like specifically in the company uh, and convince them. I, I found this like, you know, people need time. So because you drop something new for, for many and they need time to process it, to understand, to kind of, so you kind of put the seed to the ground and wait until it's grown. And in my experience, I kind of, I figured the rule of three meetings. So usually in average, it takes three meetings with the same person to get message through. Uh, like at least it happened several times. So first it's like you're warming up, then, <laughs> then you try again and then it might uh, uh, click. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, and I think that really aligns with you know your maybe your rule of three in terms of your own experience as well. It's like right, starting hit a barrier, stopping for a bit, you know, and third time lucky, you end up in the role. Um, but I I totally agree with you on, on the shaping the 
the discussions around accessibility to what motivates an individual. You can't go in there and, you know, hit the development team with the legislation bat because they don't care, as you say. They want to make good, engaging experiences. So, so there we need to enthuse and empower by showing them techniques and, and new technologies that, that are actually delightful for, for users that are also inclusive. Whereas, um, you know, you're, you're the captains of industry, the, you know, the, the, the people at the top of your organization want to know that it's going to keep them out of jail, that it's going to make them profit, it's going to, you know, win them more customers. So, so, you know, what I think accessibility teaches you as a leader, and you are a leader because you're leading this within your organization, is that you have to be able to be a diplomat. And, and the power of persuasion is, is really a really key part of, of the progress uh, of, of accessibility or any topic within an organization. And, and it is definitely not a quick thing because you're asking an organization to essentially change the entirety of the way that they do things. And, and, and so working out how you can bring a really large, complex organization around to your way of thinking to do what you want to do is not something that happens overnight. And it's also something where you, you need to think, well, what is it that my organization wants to do? What does it do well? How are those things um, maybe aligned? How, what can I borrow from what they do well already? and take that and, 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 and align what I want them to do um, to make stuff accessible. So when you were having the meetups and you're, you're, now, you're, you're now bringing the people together, what are the key things that your organization does that, that you find align with accessibility? So what, are, you know, what does um, Theatre Every do well and how do you relate that to getting people to engage within your organization on accessibility? Yeah, I think uh, we have in place uh, several programs which I could align with accessibility as well. Uh, so it's basically uh, DI programs, like supporting women's equality and, uh, and uh, uh, like at workplaces, for example, and uh, for example, sexual preferences as well. Uh, so uh, and uh, it's kind of big topic for our company and I, we're also uh, promoting and, and doing a lot of work in terms of sustainability. So I think those programs are uh, very aligned with us. So it's something which we can reflect and, and build upon to grow the topic as well. Uh, but I think like the, the, the key I would say key problem, I think, just in community in general, in DI community, is again awareness. Awareness is the key. Uh, so we need to understand more the topic to to start to talk and promote and make make things around that like good things. Um, and uh, I understood, like I, I was actually exploring a little bit why. In many DI meetings and communities, we don't talk about people with disabilities and accessibility. And apparently, there is a sort of ladder of priorities 
but it's not like priority per, per se, but it's kind of easier to understand. And people with disabilities are actually in one of the last places. So it's so complex topic. It's so difficult to understand that uh, people are just scared to pick up this work and start to push it forward, you know. I think it's interesting, and, and, and sorry, I tell you, I see that you've got a, a, a question, but I think it's really interesting because we've for years complained that, that accessibility was not really at the forefront of DEI conversations. Um, but at the recent ILO conference, what was really interesting was to see that the people turning up at the conference were less from the HR function, but more from the sustainability functions. So, um, and the climate in certain parts of the world towards diversity and inclusion at the moment is getting a little chilly because of political um, opposition to, um, to some of the DEI topics. So sometimes I think I'm counting my blessings that we weren't at the forefront because we're not getting the same pushback that some of the other DEI topics are now encountering and that we are embedding ourselves into the sustainability reporting, you know, ESG frameworks, which businesses understand, and they attach financial and corporate governance values to. So I think that there's, um, whilst it was a shame that we weren't engaged earlier, I think we now have an opportunity that we can grasp. Antonio, I cut across you, so. So, uh, now, do you think that uh, sometimes people don't talk much of disabilities? Is there any cultural elements in relation to talking um, about disability that people are not comfortable about it? Um, is that the fact that sometimes they might have a disability, they might wear something like this, but they don't recognize it as, as, as uh, a disability? Or you just know this notion that we all need, we are all perfect, that people are afraid of disclosing any type of vulnerability. It's actually, I think, all of that in in, in some aspects and again for different categories of people because uh, I think lack of knowledge, lack of awareness try to push you away from the topic. So you, you know, you don't, you know there is a, let's say you know there is a mess big mess and you need to dig into that but you're trying to avoid it until the very end as as late as possible you know so i think that's happening and in this sense it's my personal opinion on this kind of legislation and european accessibility act a little bit pushing people forward to react to start to talk and so on and i know there is a, an argument in the accessibility community like okay you shouldn't be driven by legislation and i totally agree it shouldn't be a motivator but i believe and i say that whatever is driving you at the first stage it's fine it's absolutely great if you start to think about accessibility if you start to include people with disabilities let's be it let's be legislation but uh I kind of hope I like we can change your mind. We can uh, like extend your knowledge about this topic along the way, you know. Uh, and there are people also who who are afraid to disclosure their disabilities. I think it's about the trust also, uh, and in the company, it's very important. So because 
when when trust is built, when we talk more about accessibility that we and that we are doing things for people with disabilities and so on, I think you're building this trust. You let people open up, try uh, speak speak uh, uh, about accommodation. You know about like how you can be provided for making the best performances and so on. And then, uh, as you mentioned, another thing like some some uh, disabilities are not recognized. For example, how many hidden disabilities we have, and we, we don't think about that, you know? Okay, we've heard about ADHD or dyslexia, etc. but you kind of, you, you don't see it, you don't know it, you know? This kind of, uh, it can be a set of mind. And that's why, that's why we're trying in every possible event internally, uh, like, I'm doing a lot of posts and so on during like my working hours and so on. I, I just would like to bring this knowledge. I would like that people start to think about about accessibility, about people with disabilities, about different disabilities, about different ways of developing or designing the products and how it can affect uh, different people, you know, like building this knowledge because I think knowledge is the key to everything. I agree. And, and I also think that, what we need to do is actually, I think we're confusing everybody saying, you know, make sure you're designing to include people with disabilities, because what we're actually saying is you need to design so humans can use your products yes. and services because humans sometimes can't hear as well. Sometimes we can't see, sometimes we can't move as well. Sometimes we're temporarily disabled. Sometimes, I mean, it is ridiculous. I, I get so aggravated with everybody because the reality is, you need to do planet-centered design, which we've talked about here on Access Chat, but you also need to really focus on making sure all humans are included and we know how to do it. So I appreciate efforts like that are being made in the EU where they're going to really, you know, they're, they're going to try to teach everybody to do it. They're encouraging collaboration, but if you don't, there'll be consequences because I think our community is just so tired of waiting. And also, as you said, Nadia, a large percentage of our community have invisible or hidden disabilities, which I also think is part of the problem. I think we've legislated so many people into this community that, that it's confusing, which I think once again, if we would design so that all humans can use your technology, get into your buildings. I, I just don't understand why we have to keep saying this. We can call it accessibility. We can call it universal design. We can call it human design. We can call it planet. We can all throw all kind of words at you, but it's ridiculous that you're leaving us out. So instead of just complaining, Nadia, that's why I'm creating billion-strong.org. But also there's a lot of other efforts. But I think the community needs to come out and join these conversations in more meaningful ways instead of just expecting the brands to figure it out on your own. And by the way, it's wrong how you're doing it. But so I think everybody has responsibility here, but the community also has to come out with pride. You know, I, I don't understand why people don't own who they are, but I do understand it's because other human beings hurt them, disenfranchise them, don't include them. But at some point, I think we've got to get a lot more brave. And and your journey, it feels like a journey of braveness to me, Nadia, as you explain it. So um, I just want to thank you for that courage thank and you. say, I, I do believe that the if you look at it from the lens of our community of people with disabilities that you're all working so hard to include through accessibility, our community needs to convene, come together, be discoverable, 
and really start joining these conversations in different ways than we have been. So um, I just wanted to say I really appreciate what you're doing, Nadia. And also, I've always appreciated what, you know, Neil and Antonio and Atos and others. But at the same time, it feels like a lot of people are now not really focusing on the right things in our accessibility field. And so I'm looking forward for us going back to the basics of why are we even doing this? We're doing this so that humans can be included. So um, I appreciate your efforts. Thanks. I think we all do. Um, and, and yes, let's let's work together to build for humans, build for humanity, um, because ultimately when we build something that's inclusive we're, we're building something that's better for society and we're building a better society so thank you so much for joining us i'm really looking forward to continuing the discussion on on social media and need to thank amazon and my clear text for keeping us captioned and on air 10 years 10 long years and thank you for being patient and waiting 10 years to come on right <laughs> thank you it's um, amazing um ten, and, ways to go, ten, 10 years to go <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? This is a long journey and we're all in it together. And, and this is part of the community. You know, we have to be patient and also prepared kind. to work together and collaborate. So so thank you very much. It's been a, a thank you. great pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.